Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 120 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. <gasps> God, that's a long sentence. I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, and joining me in the orange sidewinder of doom, we have Grand Psycho Kyle Walcott. Good evening. The, the reason why we're running late, that's me. We also are joined by two very special guests, coding as our normal show host can't be bothered showing up and are doing very important things, like going on holiday. We are joined by Commander Max Ursa. Hey, yo. And we're also joined again by Andrew Marshall, otherwise known as Commander Marshall from the Paladin Consortium. Good evening, all. So, this could be an interesting episode for people with not recognising voices, but hopefully hopefully you guys will come across differently enough that people will know who's talking. I've been well, I. Yeah. Well, they'll, bring, they'll bring that kind of new sense of, you know, intelligence to the show that's been lacking. <laughs> We've got Yorkshire <laughs> accents coming on show. <laughs> Indeed. Hey, I thought the down dance necker. The northern uh, regions I don't of Lake. on earth that was, but that wasn't Yorkshire. <laughs> 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 I like uh, this, the nose. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you wish, anyway, you can join us. We are live, though I don't believe any of us are anywhere near live at the moment. Currently, Max and I are in orbit around Jack's, where we're doing a spot of mining. And Grant is in his... I believe he's still in his canary yellow fun bus. My horrific, sweaty orca, seven or eight, oh crap, I need fuel, Uh, seven or eight thousand light years from anywhere. That's all right. I bet them leather seats need cleaning. (laughs) They do now. (laughs) Yes. Uh, This is an important question for you, actually. So, Max, you've obviously, you've made it out here to Jackson, you've done some exploring in the past. Uh, Marshall. You, you've done some exploring, haven't you, in the past? Yeah, I've done quite a bit of exploring. Not to Sagittarius, but just Heart and Soul Nebula and all around there. Yeah. And this is your first real trip out, isn't it, Grant? Yes, this is... Well, I, I've, I went to Sag A and got bored okay. after 3,000 light years. And then I did a sort of, oh, that nebula's relatively close. I'll go and have a look at that. I don't know which nebula it was. But I've got an important question for you here. When yeah. one is exploring, is it a pants-free zone? Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, just... I suppose it doesn't matter if you, you end up getting spaced, because if your cockpit shatters... <laughs> then your cockpit's going to shatter. You're yeah. smegged anyway, aren't you? Totally. Oh, hi. I don't know. The leather seats are definitely off-putting for that kind of naked commanderism. Um, so you're talking about, do you go commando as a commander? So a commando commander. Um, as your commander commander, yes. Personally, yeah. just because of the number of stars that I bounce into, it's just purely comfort reasons that I fly in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> you're very on thermoregulation. <laughs> it also saves time, you know, because while I'm fuel scooping, I can go and dump out the bile at the back. <laughs> yeah, I have received some good ev- good news, though, this evening regarding our orange sidewinder back in Lave. And after a couple of week hiatus going off and doing whatever the hell it is it does while it's not in Lave, it has apparently made a return, which is exciting and good. But we're nowhere near to go and say hi to it, so that's tough. I think um, there are some in chat that are. 
I think there are as well some people in chat. So hi to everybody over in Lave, and I'm glad you can hear us from out here in B Z. Sorry, eight zero D D Mark D seven seven four Mark C E Mark two, which is a really catchy name. Thanks, Dave. Yep, I think so. Oh, oh, and hi, hi to Mark. This apparently he's over in Lave. Aye, uh, right. Hold on, we whilst we wait for Grant, um, as you might be able to tell, we can, we're also live. Oh, are you back again, Grant? Hello. Yeah, just let me double check and see, make sure that nothing else has gone funky there, because I don't know what happened to me. We we lost you for a few seconds. Yeah, uh, a con to chat sound has died. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to come back. It's coming back now. There we go. Should be back. Hello, everybody. Um, I don't know. I think Hello, I lost chat. a brief second of network there. That was weird. Weird. That's okay. never happened before. But it reconnected itself, and then I just had to click a wee button. So we're all good. Um, what was I saying? I don't know. It was about exploring. Was it was it pertinent and exciting information? Or shall, shall I just you know tell what? everybody that? Shall I just tell everyone that we're also in IFC? And we're also in Twitch, so if anyone wants to talk to us there, we'll be kind of monitoring it a wee bitty. Perfect. Jack Station. That's what I was going to say. We were talking about the fact that, you know, having uh, the the amount of the new kind of feel of having user interaction and and, and player feedback and player input to the game, um, it's only right that we should have some kind of uh, opportunity for a collective or for individuals to to fight for the right to name the new bubble, you know, to name the central part of it. So, you know, okay, it'd be be nice if it was a nod to Jack's. Um, but yeah, I think we do need to be able to rename some of these systems because, you know, it's, it's nice and easy when you say fancy a pint at the pub um, without having to say, do you fancy a pint at B-Y-U-A-E-U-R-K-D-M-K-C-2-2-1-6? If you know what I mean. As opposed so, to, I'll, yeah. see, I'll see you for a pint down the dog and whistle. Exactly. So yeah, hopefully they'll past- do well. In past, um, Frontier have done it where uh, those who, uh, was it, when they, um, FNS Nevermore's built uh, the uh, fire, the first CG for building a new battlecruiser, Fiery Todd, uh, was mm-hmm. the top commander and he got to choose the name. So maybe it'd be something like that. Yeah. Possibly. I might even get there by then. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm about to crash into this big rock. So, but, but are, 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 are we completely ditching the 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 show format today, or are we going to no, go? No? I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we we don't. To be perfectly polite, Frontier, there really isn't a heck of a lot of dev news. So, you know, we can just throw it all out the window. Or if you, if you want, you know, we could we can talk about something that is really awesome, and that would be Drew's new book, because Sen- well, the senator himself, yes, has. Is pen is penning a new book as we speak, and I hope he's not listening to the show. And I want him to be writing this book because he's got about another. I think he's got about another three books he's got on got on the go at the moment. Certainly got but, plenty to be on with. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah. But Drew has been approached by Frontier to be the official author for Elite Dangerous Premonition, yeah. which is <laughs> bloody well, we exciting. All, we all saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, he, he said. Uh, yeah, he said to keep an ear out, didn't he? After um, 
he'd visited Frontier. He's had quite a um, rocky road uh, with with Frontier, and and I know that an awful lot of the other authors as well have been trying to to secure uh, a follow-up for their books, but, you know, absolutely, I mean, the newsletter is absolutely covering this, and, and it looks amazing, you know, the fact that there's so much more than just a, a book. This is not just a sequel, is it, Ben? It's not just a sequel. It's it's not a sequel. It's, it's, it's an interactive story. It's, it's telling it's us even... everything that we're doing. It's even better than that, isn't it? Because it's got a big, massive word at the beginning. It's the official Elite Dangerous novel. It's it's not an official Elite Dangerous novel. It is the official the Elite Dangerous ah. novel. Well, yeah. I don't know about that because Written other ones you. are official. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. the new it's, the uh, new one. It's the one that's going to kind of really pull together all the Galnet stuff. It's going to bring it all and. I, well, maybe I'm speaking at a turn. Maybe you know what we need. To, we need to get Drew on to find out if he is going to try and bring yeah. all the events of the past into it in some way, and of course, bring in his characters from Reclamation, which is definitely one of the brilliant versions we know of that the he's audio. Bringing in Salome and some of his characters from Reclamation. Um, I think Drew's also said that it is definitely it is a sequel to Reclamation, but it is telling the. It's telling the story from 3300 through to, I guess, the middle of next year? I think it so. Is, but also, it, so. it's, it's from what I gather, it's also covering everything that the players have been up to. Yeah. Uh, like with the community goals, uh, for instance, the Emperor's Dawn storyline. And then the fact that the players stamped on that harder than a and blooming uh, lit cigarette is... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he also, he's, it looks like Drew will be critical in the creation of the next load of community goals as well. So he has got his own kind of preset plot lines, obviously, with Frontier that they're excited to, to bring to life. And people's involvement in these community goals is going to have an outcome on the book. So the minute you get the opportunity for Spacey McSpaceface or Boaty McBoatface, we can ruin this book before it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> or even get your own name mentioned, or at least a commander name. Now that would be cool, wouldn't it? It'd be very, very cool. And what if he's going to mention uh, the Galactic Interns meeting with Salon? Uh, well, who knows? I mean, that's the thing. It's, <laughs> the, the, the nice thing about these books is that they are you know, written by the likes of, of Drew Ager, and Alan Stroud and you know Dave Hughes and his elite uh, encounters, Kate Russell, they're all John Harper, and I've got to go through all the names. Uh, Crikey, and I'm stuck already. Of course, the amazing uh, Tales from the Frontier book, which is just spectacular. They're, you know, it's just so nice to have things that are written by fans and players of the game. There's very, very little chance of them slipping up and introducing a new technology that doesn't exist or something so jarring that it kind of just undermines the sort of sincerity of the story. So, yeah, I just think it's... it's congratulations, in fact. That's what we should really be doing, isn't it? Congratulations, Drew. Well done on this. It is a spectacular achievement and we look forward to trying to con him into some interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think my first my first question to Drew was, "When's the audiobook coming out?" <laughs> Already, 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm starting this early. I've been I've been pestering him for Shadewood audiobooks. You know, uh, so if this doesn't come out as an audiobook, I'm going to cry. Well, I think you know the thing is, of course, it's published by Frontier, so uh, it depends whether Frontier want an audiobook version of it or not. So you maybe have to get down there and, and start pimping it. Maybe we can get some of those amazing in-station voice talents, and uh, you know, who's the who's the the really dodgy Russian-sounding one? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they need a northerner, I'll happily uh, sign up. No, actually, um, funny uh, you should mention that. Funny you should mention that, and this is completely oh, off the cuff and irrelevant and has no bearing in frontier world whatsoever. However, after having a number of um, Mr... I think it was Mr. Eric Marquet would visited... Be sure uh, to register your copy of Sam <laughs> at www.spatialaudio.com <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that, we did have technical difficulties earlier. <laughs> my, my, wow. my, my, just to explain that, my Sam Brad broadcaster software has decided to reject my license code, and then when I've put it back in, it then tells me that I have reached my maximum number of activations. So that was causing me grief. Unfortunately, you want me to I can't remove fix my activation. It. No, no, that wouldn't help at all. That's not going to help. Okay. But that's another program. We're not using that program. Um, it's now we're now using the, the other one that I use, the Samcast, which is not the full package thing. It's the slightly just broadcast only, which is fine. It does the job. But it's just not as much fun as the other one, which I use for hunting, and I'm going to need to get fixed before Thursday. Um, yeah, it's oh crikey, there goes my train of thought as well. Yeah, cross. Eric Markey visited Frontier, and we kind of came up with an idea that if everybody who visited Frontier had a script or audio files that we could just if you just happen to be passing by and you visit Frontier for whatever reason, and you could record some lines to be used in game, they could you know they could save a fortune on voice talents. I'd be happy. That's even more reason for me to go down and visit him. Yeah. So yeah, we could fill up the game with yeah. Read this out. Are you giving me all your cargo, you scurvy dog? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Milson Barn is saying uh, pronunciation guide for elite reclamation and simple things like salami Um, (laughs) or kahina. Um, Yes, you're you're right, Millstone. You know what? You should you should definitely get a wee message onto Drew's blog to say, can we have some pronunciation guides? Maybe he can engage us with a a wonderful um, sort of how-to YouTube video with all the pronunciations of the official ways of saying Kahina and Salami and what's the other ones that are always good? Lavigny and Lasagna uh, Duval. Um, Lasagna Duval is my favourite. Tajini. Uh, well, and of course, George's pants. You know, the obvious. Yes, George Pants and, of course, Hutton Arbital. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting and it's brilliant that it's gone to somebody from the community as opposed to brought in from an outside situation where they're, you know, maybe a, uh, a hugely accomplished science fiction writer but hasn't got the experience of the Elite Dangerous Universe. I think that's a, a huge positive step. And the fact that, you know, we're going to get community goals in-game that are going to be... Related to this story is is, is spectacular. So yeah, as again, again, uh, obviously, congratulations, Drew. And yes, Jarvis is definitely in the uh, uh, the uh, the authoritative um, person for the <laughs> pronunciations in the audiobooks. Now that's funny. 
because I happen to know of a number of occasions where he had people in the sound booth and he was frantically trying to find people that could give him the pronunciation of some of the script that he had to get them to record. So I don't think he would call himself the authoritative uh, lead on the pronunciations. But yeah, I mean, we can't go with David Braben either, can we? Is it Braben or Braben? <laughs> we definitely can't trust what David's saying. No, it's a cobra yeah, or I, a I, co- I, Mm-hmm. Sounds like Grant's getting having issues with solar flares or something. What's he doing? Oh no! Oh yeah, he's actually gone. He's been kicked off Twitch stream as well. Oh dear. Well, I think what's interesting about this about Drew's thing is we're already actually seeing some of the Galnet articles coming up. Where we saw one on thirteenth of August, so just a couple of days ago, where it's basically just a a Galnet article. Very, very briefly summarising Elite Reclamation, which is yeah. You know, have, have you guys both read or listened to that? Uh, I'm currently reading Reclamation. Yeah, okay, so, so I... no spoilers. Yeah, right. I'm, uh, how far am I? Uh, Salome's um, just been rescued. Which time? Uh, from from the uh, cult. Oh, I I like the cult with the, their their sing songy. Ear weirdness stuff uh, and cannibalism. Uh, yeah, and you know that that was that was minor compared to their their tonal chanting, <laughs> ear splitting shriek. Mm. And is that obvious? Is that a spoiler for yourself though? What's that? Eh? Is where? Right. So I, I'm sorry. I'm not recognising who's saying what. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Hi. This is Max. So yeah, this is Andre. Right. So Max, who's been at at the cannibals, where are you in the in the book? Then I haven't been. I haven't been to the cannibals, but it's okay. Don't worry. Oops. Oh, heck. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> no, okay. Don't worry. I shall. I shall erase my memory. <laughs> at the end of the broadcast. <laughs> we need. We need to uh, back uh, again. Just blah. Else, I'll shut up now. <laughs> uh, what, what have we done with Grant? I am here. I'm just I'm frantically pulling levers. Oh, you're levers. back oh. with us. Hello. Okay, you you, you okay. go play. With, you play with your knobs, Grant. <laughs> I'm just restarting the the Twitch stream as well. I'm trying to work out what is causing this because um, it is yeah driving me mental. Oh dear. What I might do is just... uh, try and close down. Uh, elite dangerous uh, and see if I can bring up a static picture on the stream and see if that helps so bear with me guys uh huh in fact Ben do you want to go and find out what the what our guests have been up to this week <laughs> well, I, well I could easily do that while you do that yes right well uh, we'll start with you Marshall seeing as you've actually been on the show before yep. since you were on the show oh about eight weeks about two months ago now wasn't it oh, yeah, what was... have you been up what have you been up to um, supporting um, our group's uh, minor faction, so we've been kind of spreading the love for the um, Paladin Consortium from our home system, which is in LFT 37, around to some of the surrounding systems. So we're we've been doing a lot of background simulator stuff, which is kind of like a game of Risk, um, and it's been pretty cool actually. We've got lots of lots of our guys on board, lots of folks folks playing. Um, yeah, it's been really cool. Really cool, just kind of understanding the inner workings of the background simulator. 
So, yeah. so have you got you guys got some boffins who basically try to work it all out and give you spreadsheets about it all and you mean do indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boffins, gurus, yeah. 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 I mean I have seen some of that stuff from the the truckers and Yeah, I just find it easier. Dave says go and do this, so I'll go and do that. That's it. As That's a, what as a, as yeah. That's a lot easier as opposed to looking at the charts and saying, well, hang on, this is happening and this is happening, so maybe we need to do this, and maybe that will work. And it's like, I don't shopping know. It's a lot easier yeah. to say, okay, go and do this, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more systems you're in, the more complex it again, because you're in against states override other states, and it all become, becomes a really fine balancing act. It's, so. I mean, I know we, we've said it on the show a few times before, but... I prefer the delicacy of the BGS and playing the BGS than the sledgehammer that is Babley. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm um, pretty much the same. I've, I've dipped into Powerplay when it was released and was doing it on and off for a couple of months, yeah. but, but I much prefer the, um, the background simulator because you actually have wars which you can fight and the elections and you can do trading and you can do all kinds of stuff. So there's lots of yeah. things that as opposed to interest. being a glorified courier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I do. I love the background sim manipulation when it's not being abused, shall we say? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yes, I mean, even the abuse is not. It's not actually abuse because it's all legal and viable in game, so it's not actually being naughty. But it's still. Yeah, I mean a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of undermining other people's things, but I do recognise that as a valid gameplay as well. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly things like un, like doing the undermining, it's a lot harder if you're going after NPCs, obviously with the AI buff and the NPC police force are much more... they got now, as opposed to t they will kill you. So, yeah, it's good. And I know... Max, you've been writing blog posts about Jax and things like that, but what other things have you been up to? Or what have you been up to? Tell us about yourself to start with, for those who don't know. That's probably a good start, isn't it? Have we lost Max Ursa as well? <laughs> um, yes, I think we have. I think we, we, we've lost Gareth as well. So oh, what dear. have you been up to, Ben? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, what have I been up to? I, in game, I have been mining, 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 um, and I've also I picked up Doom in the sale, and that's I'm really enjoying Doom. Actually, it's a nice classic. Um, it Doom feels very much like the classic arcade game, well, not arcade, classic FPS from the nineties, as opposed to. It's, it's not like Doom Three, then it's proper it's Doom. It's not it, I, crazy I, mental Doom. It's proper, yeah. It's proper Doom. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy. It's mental. I've just, oh, I've just done this tower uh, mission called the Tower Ascent or something like that, and yeah, it's literally a case of I crawl out of the the gutters, and force open a door, and then the game decides to take a ten second break while this great big evil guy crawls out of a frickin' laser, it looks like. And I'm just like, shit, I haven't seen anybody this big at all. 
and go off and send two rocket volleys into him, and he's still not dead. Um, and then I see there's like all these other really, really hard to kill things suddenly charging at me. And there's not just one of these big bastards. There's three of them or four of them I've got to kill. And it's just like, it's running, it's jumping, it's collecting quad damage, it's going berserk. It's mental, it's fun. I'm jumping here, there, everywhere. I'm re- it's just, it's good, classic um, Quake, basically. Or good, good, classic Doom, and I'm loving playing it. Um, so it's a very, it's a very nice, refreshing change of pace to some of these other FPSs. But Gareth, are you back with us? I am. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Welcome back. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your life, and tell us what you've been doing again. <laughs> right. Um, well, I am uh, one of the Elite Dangerous Ambassadors. Uh, not quite as much as Crash and Reinhard, but um, I've done. Where are we now? EGX 14 was when I first got on board. Uh, I had the distinct pleasure of chatting with Jessica Chobot at the premiere. And uh, let me think now. It was EGX 15, Gamescom 15. And um, yeah, that's it really. That's uh, my ambassadorial stints. Uh, And at the moment I am at Jack's chipping away at some rocks. Game. And ignoring and ignoring wing invites that I've been sending you for about three times now. Have you? Because they <laughs> have. haven't come through. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, we we love we love it when that happens. Hello. <laughs> well, I've just sent you a mess. I've just sent you a. Well, try try saying hello to me in in game, and we can maybe get this thing to sync up with itself. Um. So you've been doing that. I also think you have got a little blog or something like that that you occasionally write in. Oh yeah, it's uh. A, it's, Sometimes I get the odd brain worm and I just have to work it out. Um, but yeah, it's if you just search Max Ursa's mutterings, I think it is. Uh, it's just a little thing. I've got a few bits and pieces on there. Uh, but I recently did a piece about Jax and his history and what uh, it has meant for Elite in the game. Yeah, that was actually... I, I didn't... I read that you know, even before you suggested, hey, why don't you go and have a read of that? And it was it was a nice little summary of what Jax is all about and what he's been up to. Uh, thank you. A nice 1,800-odd word summary. Well, yeah. Little, <laughs> not, not so little, really. Yeah. Well, it was, it was just nice to uh, get the words out. I certainly felt better for it, getting the brainworm out. Mm. So, I mean, what, what do you think about what Jax is actually trying to do with what Frontier are wanting him to do with the potential story that we've got coming up. And how do you think that well, it, uh, his endeavours are, are going to affect things? Well, um, well, no, I th- my theory is that Jax originally was going to be heading towards the Pleiades because he was going to be setting off exploring. and But then, of course, Obsidian Orbital happened. So it's like, well, if his Obsidian Orbital is going to be in the Pleiades, why would Jack head over there now? Because I've got, I think... I've got a qu- question here for the, well, everyone on the thing. Is it the Pleiades or the Pleiades? Pleiades. 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 Yeah. Well, I, it's yeah. the Seven Sisters, isn't it? Yeah. Pleiades. Yeah. 
so the seven Pleiades, sisters of the, the stats. But the Pleiades mm. is the nebula. Where was I now? Yeah, so Jax was going to, I think Jax was going to be going to the Pleiades. Uh, and then, of course, the someone came up with the idea of, well, why don't we have get a station out there? Why don't we build a station out there? And then Obsidian Orbital happened. So Jax ended up sitting around that star, uh, Gleese 12, 16, or whatever it was. Mm. Um, of course, he wasn't doing much for a year. And then someone at Fuel Rats, what with the um, the trip to Beagle Point, someone at Fuel Rats thought, oh, well, what if we sought Jax out for him to go over there? And then, of course, someone fed him a few UAs. Is that you, Grants? Grants, what yeah. are you doing? I did, I just decided that I would I would use uh, I'd found a program that my machine can support on the stream, um, and yeah, it's Pong. Are you getting Are you getting bored about Max talking about things or something? <laughs> no, I just haven't worked out how to turn the goddamn sound off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Here we go, here we go. Uh, that one. Music. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh wow, I'm winning. No, I'm not. It's 93. What was that pinging and bonging was? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> okay. God help um, us. Yeah. So, then, uh, yeah. As, so, Jacques got fed some UAs, and so Frontier decided to have him go off course. So, I mean... <laughs> It's just the evolving and player uh, influence in the game. Had he not been fed those UAs, he probably would have been uh, to Beagle Point. I think he'd have actually made it all the way to Beagle Point if it hadn't been the, for the UA bomb that happened to him. Well, or do you... I... <sighs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, but either way, it fed into the story. Because I... then it, gave him, it at least gave him a reason for him to go off course. And it was a very good reason, and it's a lot of fun. And it's nice having a a little base. Well, eleven Kylies from Sage now. It is, yeah, uh, but it's a bit of a trek to get here in the first place. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, it's, it took me about two weeks of flying. No, and that's obviously not twenty four hour seven, but it took yeah, me about I'd, two weeks to get out here. I'd uh, was it about a week? It took me almost a. Was it four days to do a third of the distance? And this mm. was pretty good, strong, regular jumping all day. And that was with the belly full of cargo. Then the cargo CG finished. I dumped my cargo and my jump range doubled. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know when I, I've got a full load, my cargo, my jump range is only 16 light years, whereas my jump range is about up in the high 20s normally. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm flying a Python, and I visited uh, Farsia, and she gave me a nice uh, grade five upgrade. Oh, that's nice of her then. Yeah. And what's your jump range, Grant? It is twelve light years. Oh, you made me lose a pongo. Ah, and again. <laughs> yeah, twelve point twelve point six. Is it, max is it multiplayer? Yes. It's a multiplayer. <laughs> who are you playing with? Myself. I just figured this game might not stretch my PC to its extremities, but I'm not so sure about that now. Um... Oh dear. 
But yes, 12.6 light years is my jump range, and um, mm-hmm. it, usually when I plot a thousand um, light year journey, it takes yeah. about 133 wow. um, jumps. You dirty little swine. Um, so yeah, it tends to be quite um, lengthy. It doesn't. Right. Anyway, right. Well, we we've covered the, we've covered Drew's novel. We've covered what we've been doing this week. We're about an hour in, minus about half an hour of technical problems. Um, right. So anyway, I think should we move on to Gamescon now? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else got anything to say about what they've been up to? No. Right. Uh, Let's move on to Gamescon. So Gamescon's starting this Thursday through Sunday. And Frontier are going to be doing live streams on it again, which is really kind of exciting because I think we've got live streams all the way from Sunday through till um, Thursday to Sunday, 10 p.m. until 12 12 a.m., sorry. And then 2.30 till 4.30, so four and a half hours every day of live streams. Um, so that should be quite quite good. Hopefully, a lot of good information. I know Sandra's out there. I know Adam Woods out there. Yep, and uh, Ed. Yeah, uh, Ed is Eddie. Ed's out there. Eddie Simon's Ed, out Eddie. there. Okay. Yep. Uh, um, who else? Uh, I know there's Mike Gapper, the PR. He's out there because yeah. uh, they're doing a big press thing, uh, presentation of for coming content, and it's all. A lot of it is the stuff that we're going to see, and there's probably going to be a press briefing as to what is to come as well mm-hmm. um, for things that we might well not get shown, uh, but it's just pre-warning the press so that they can they do a draft on things. Oh. I don't know. I'm not sure. I can see. I could see them them doing a saying to the press on say Thursday or Friday. Here's stuff, and it's embargoed until Monday. <coughs> um, I can't see them showing stuff, and by the way, it's embargoed until November. Uh, no, I wouldn't say until November, but... Uh, give, them a couple, give them a couple of days to write yeah, their articles, if, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. If, if, yeah. stuff that we're going to see, that press are going to see early, give them time to write about. Yeah, and that, that's fair enough. Um, so what? Well, let, let's get into what what we do best then, and let's think. What do we think they're going to be showing at Gamescom then? The dolphin and beluga liners, possibly. Yeah. Ooh, I love beluga. Oh, can't wait to see that. It's going to be spectacular, or maybe not. But we hope it is spectacular. Beluga. Yeah, that passenger stuff, uh, and there's the Guardians, the ship launch fighters, them. Yep. Um, because there's the there's the Condor already in game. There's the uh, um, I fighter. Yeah. yeah, the I <laughs> fighter. Uh, and I think there might there might well be something else, because when I've ever asked about. Condor, the Condor and the Eye Fighter. Uh, there's always hints that this, there's more than just them. Which yeah, I'm not, I suppose that would make sense. I think I'm get, That's the inkling I'm getting. So the, the little crate fighter. Ooh, uh, whether it's the crate I, or something else, I don't know, and I honestly don't know. I am. Uh, I don't have the amount of access that Crash does. Um, so, I I'm speculating just as much as you do, as you are even. 
So yeah. it would be nice. And I, I know... certainly think of a certain commander who would wet himself if he was to get the Creighton game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know uh, David Braben has said that, that it would be nice to have the crate. Yeah. Or a version of the crate. Um, yeah, that's about it on that front. Um, also, I reckon we'll see some multi-crew stuff. So you you think um, we're going to be getting some of the 2.3 stuff as well? Yeah, uh, the multi-crew um, like, and... Like sneak peek of 2.3 or something. That and beyond, I reckon, as well. I wouldn't... Mm-hmm. I would you... say so, like the character creator as well, just an idea of what that Well, we like. know we saw the character creator early versions of it uh, last at games at EGX last year. So that's you know almost a year ago we saw early versions of the character created, didn't we? Yeah. Or at least the content created by it as opposed to the actual things, all those baldies. Yeah, that was the early version. I think I think if we do see it, it will be far more fleshed out. <laughs> Quite literally. Uh, yes. with a bit more hair on it. <laughs> and uh, much more ready to go. It's in just jumping to something else. I remember at, at LaveCon watching one of the streams when um, Michael Brooks was asked something about station variations, and he mm-hmm. all he said was Gamescom. So <laughs> that's maybe, true. So yeah, maybe some variations, mm. or maybe the CQC stations are going to be. Well, this is something that I'm wondering about. Is you know, CQC is a bit of a a, a, a redheaded stepchild. Um, and I'm wondering if we're going to be seeing some of its assets in game. I I would like to see CQC extenders because I actually, you know, when I've got, I enjoy the matches. I, you know, it's fun to jump on and shoot people sometimes. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Um, when uh, Gamescom last year, they had folks had so much fun. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's. It's something I I loved uh, about EGX was just like going round in the queue, and I, I wish we could have done this at LaveCon. To be honest, is like have Frontier take along all their PCs, and then like a bank of eight PCs, and then we could all just like sit in them and get eight people together, and then shoot each other and hit each other literally in real life after the people shot you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Armed with a Nerf gun. Speculation going wild in Twitch, uh, the Twitch Twitch chat, where Ignatius J Riley is saying that um, Galnet has been dropping too many hints. We're definitely getting Thargoids. No. I don't. I, we, think we know we'll winter see, is coming. I don't think we'll see anything of them because they're such a big thing. It's got. It's gonna spoil it so much if they yeah. say, "Oh look, here's the Thargoid ship." Yeah, and you're gonna yeah, get oh, here's an actual Thargoid. Yeah, it's no. They're not going to show that. That is going to be one of the things that we, as players, are going to have to find. That, of course, people will get the screenshots uh, first, um, put them out on Reddit. Everyone's going to go, "Nah, that's fake. That that that's that's yeah. nonsense. That that's fake." And then more and more sightings are going to happen, and then yeah. people are going to go, "Actually, no. Holy cow, this is legit." <laughs> You want that kind of fifties kind of UFO type thing, don't you? Everyone's kind of go, oh, is it? Is it? Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? You know, a bit of mystery no, there. We we won't see anything in the Thargoids at Gamescom. I 
you know what? I would actually be willing to eat something sock shaped uh, <laughs> on that. If we see Thargoids, I will eat something sock shaped. So you'll make they... a cake and, and shape it like a sock then or something? Yes, something like that. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> What about, um, you know, maybe a different landable planet? Because we are in the sort of horizons and it would be nice if they would maybe add some more horizons. I know they have promised lava and ice volcanoes this season, according to Ignatius T. Riley again. J. Riley, sorry. Mm. I don't know why I think you should have a T. I think it's cause because you think you should States. be called Ignatius the Riley. Really, Riley. <laughs> really, O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely would you know um, a volcanic planets or something that I am excitedly waiting to see, and you know, having well, we're going to come on to No Man's Sky, but having you know installed No Man's Sky, it only really whets your appetite to see how Frontier are going to do. It. Oh yes, yes, definitely. Oh, um, but yeah, I've I've got a fair bit to say on that, but that'll come later. Yeah, I mean, do you think- uh, as for go on. Yeah, I'm just wondering that because you know, obviously, you know, No Man's Sky is out there and is bigging itself up at at the moment because it's just come out. I believe that um, CIG are also at Gamescom showing stuff off. Yes, they I think are. they're showing off, showing things off as well. Could yeah, they yeah, have a release date? Bigger, so. Could they have a release date? <laughs> <laughs> they already have release dates on things. Well, at least perspective, but I mean, it's done when it's done, really. All right, I I backed no. uh, Star Citizen as soon as I heard about it. I'm one of the yeah. first sixty five thousand on the Kickstarter, uh, so yeah, I I got my foot in the door early, and I put my money down, and I've just left it to cook. Really, Aye. I'm in no rush to play it. I've got a leap. I'm happy with the leap for yeah. now, uh, and I will play both that and. I'll play all three, No Man's Sky and Elite and Star Citizen. Quite happily. I'm, I'm really, really, really psyched about Squadron 42. Oh, because, yes. Because you know, that's the one thing. You know, I love what Elite Dangerous does, but I also want to play out an episode of Star Trek or something like that in-game. And Elite is too procedural for that, so we need something that is not a procedural generation game to... Give me my scripted events and give me my I am the hero story, which Squadron 42 should be offering. And I'm really looking forward to that. Well, that's it, really. You are the hero of the story. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I like a good story. In the end, they're all aspects of the, they're all sides of the same triangle. Mm-hmm. But so we, we know that they've got a big presence at GameCon. Frontier are showing something at GamesCon. Do we, you know, do you guys think that Frontier are going to be trying to say, well, look at us, we're bigger, better, and this is all exciting, and look at all this fancy new stuff, or are they going to let these other guys have their moment in spotlight and then c- come out and say, hey, yeah, but you know, we've actually done it, and here it is. Uh, it's not Frontier's style, really, yeah. to to be tooting the horn too hard. Mm. No, they're just consistently and, we're delivering, we're going, look, we're on season two now and you know, we're cracking on. Yeah. With the to be fair, Frontier are very and David Braben and well, obviously David Braben and the rest of the team are very positive towards No Man's Sky, congratulated oh, yeah. them. And also to Star Citizen as well. 
there was a, a live stream with uh, you can find it on YouTube, Gary Witter. Um, yep. I think he used to he used to write for PC Gamer, and he's actually the I think he's the writer for Rogue One. Uh, you he? know they're coming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the oh, writer. On okay, I didn't Rogue know One. That. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's done a bunch of other films as well. Uh, was it Book of Eli is his? Uh, anyway, he yeah. did a live stream interviewing both uh, David Brabin and Chris Roberts, and uh, they're both very supportive of the games and and the differences between the two games. Yeah, I mean that came out back when they were both doing their Kickstarter, so wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was oh, all about key, Kickstarter. But yeah, it was. It was an, that was an awesome interview, and I mean, there's obviously a lot of respect between all the all the players involved. And you know, we just want to play spaceship games, and you know, we <laughs> yeah. You know, this whole contention between the communities—I don't think it really exists, or at least it's just a—it's a few people who are like, nah, 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 mine's bigger than yours. Yeah, stoking the fire, but yeah. Yeah, as opposed to anything reals. Uh, it's just really? unnecessary tribalism. Yeah. Do you not think that there's a, a degree of the sheer amount of money some people have plumped into a game and therefore they can't sort of admit that the other game is good or better or different. They have to stick to their guns. I mean, I'm into Star Citizen as a rear admiral and I stopped Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, but I think, you know, there's people that have made a choice and they've backed one or the other and those are the ones that create the polarisation and and fuel to the fire and putting down the other game and trying to, you know, justify their their own investment, possibly. I think if you got up and spent 20,000 quid plus on a video game, then you're a nutter, no matter what (laughs) game it is. You're invested, you really are kind of invested in that. Yeah. You want to prove to everyone that you've made the right decision, don't you? Wow. To each their own, but wow! <laughs> thank you very much for helping make. Thank you very much for helping me make helping Cloud Imperium Games make a great game, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. But you're still a nutter. <laughs> but then again, I'm sure other people would say, "Well, hang on, you've gone off and invested a hundred odd quid or whatever into Elite Dangerous. You know why? You know, thank you very much because I spent a tenner." And got it on the Steam sale. Right, fine, fair enough. It's all, yeah. In the end, it's all degrees, but yeah. you don't need to go waving that flag. No, you don't. And I, I've got no time for it, and can't yeah. be bothered with it. But I, I, I just don't understand why some people think that you can't have both things. Um, I don't know. I are don't there? I was mm-hmm. going to say it's back to the old spectrum of Commodore 64, isn't it? If you're going to kind of, kind of throw yeah. back. Everyone knows the Dragon 32 is the best. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> well, yes, to be so fair, I had, a, I had a ZX Spectrum. The first game I played on it was Elite. Uh, and that was in the early 90s. We got it second hand. Yeah. So, Did you get past the I mean, lens lock on it? The what now? lens lock did you have the lens lock on the specky no i think we i think there was a code did you have a legit copy on of it yeah yeah i i even had the the novella all right okay yeah uh, but yeah anyway we we are digressing that would that would never happen um so (laughs) we've 
got that. Do you think there'll be anything... Do you think Frontier will be maybe showing off some of their walking and planet-based stuff, maybe, mm, because possibly. it's in No Man's Sky, and that's you know it's the big thing. And the, do you think Frontier would like to be able to show a video, shall we say, of somebody walking around a uh, cobra? I um, I tell you I what, I'll think about it. I'll let someone else speak first. I I don't think they do that. Um, to be honest, it, well, if in, unless they're really that far along with the engine, because um, if if they're not, it, it could do more damage than good, couldn't it? If they're mm. the um, yeah, the on foot stuff. Well, but, I mean, we know that almost this time last year they had a lot of horizons in the rough, at least ready for tech demos. So I wouldn't be surprised if by you know, if by now they have some rough tech demos possible for whatever we're seeing next year, which I think is going to be walkies, but might be might be something totally different. Well, to the best of my knowledge, they have groups of people working on different aspects, yes. and I'm pretty sure one of those is season three. As far oh, def- definitely people yeah. working on season three, and um. I know that people have been working on the whole walking around thing. Uh, so, I, to be honest, I would not be surprised if Season 3 was uh, walkies and maybe even a bit of planet side. If Frontier are going to show it, it's because they were going to show it anyway, regardless yeah. of No Man's Sky. Yeah. yeah. But you don't think that would be pressuring them, shall we say, into... Guys, we need to get our asses in gear and make sure this is good and ready. I uh, no feeling the heat. I think no, because they, they they tend to take the the side of done when it's done, mm-hmm. and I would much rather that than trying to rush it out the door or and you know just let Norman Sky have its moment. Yeah, let Norman Sky have its moment, and. Then they there. There's no need to go waving a banner behind Sean Moore's head, or so to speak. You know what I mean? No, but, that... <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is. They don't but, need to try and overshadow. No, no well, I mean, I, I think we kind of had a chat last week about the No Man's Sky and all these games coming out. That actually, they're just a nice way of of raising the bar. Or, and one of the that's the best things that can come out of it is new ideas. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know you have to celebrate them and, and hope that they don't cause any issues with you know with saturation point. Do you reckon there's, you can have too many space games? Oh, I think a lot of people are starved for space games, aren't they? There's been so I think few. We are at the moment. Th- those of us that are fans of space games, we have been starved. Those of us who aren't fans of space games um, are f- feeling that there are too many at the moment. It is the thing. I mean, we went through a period where there was just loads of World War II games. Yeah. Then, like, loads of modern warfare games. And now we're in the future space era. Yeah, even and, even Call of Duty and things like that is doing spacey stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm quite looking forward to that, to be honest. Uh, that would be the the first Call of Duty I'd touch uh, since Modern Warfare. Okay. Um, 
and to be honest, this whole futuristic uh, renaissance almost, I guess, upsurge, uh, you know what I mean? All the futuristic games that are coming out now have been have had the way paved by Elite and Star Citizen because they they were the first two of um, uh, oh, the Kickstarter's God. kind of started out the renaissance that allowed other people to maybe feel brave enough about releasing say No Man's Sky and so on. Yeah, they they tested the waters first and now people are following. And it, I, I it, think yeah. Uh, I think it's working very um, very well now. I'm, I'm quite happy, to be honest. Yeah, I am as well. I mean, you know, you go back to the early days of the PC when you had uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter. They were kind of the golden era. You know, you had I... Wing Commander as well. And then it all just kind of died a death, didn't it, for, what, 10, 15? Yeah, I mean, basically, I think everything kind of died a death around about 98, 99, maybe 2000. And then, yeah, there's really nothing until the Frontier and, uh, sorry, the, the Elite Dangerous and the, until the Kickstarters, basically. Yeah. Oh, oh, I've just found Zirconium for the first time. That's exciting. Anyway, let's go for an advert break. And then when we come back, we'll actually talk about No Man's Sky, I think. That sounds like a capital idea. If only I was ready. Right, here we well, go. I did say about three minutes ago, let's have an advert. Oh, no, I know, it's okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Ooh, let's go See, for... I'm not doing a fuzzer and say, let's go for an advert now. Yeah, that's true. Here we go. <laughs> and I hope we're back again. So, anyway, before that, we were... you've been talking about lots of stuff and I don't know where the hell I'm going so I'm going to start this totally and utterly again and for everybody else no time will have passed and we're back so this week No Man's Sky's come out now I know you guys have all gotten it I've not got it yet but I'm keeping an eye on it I've seen pretty mixed reviews shall we say so far a lot of them leveling the same criticisms that people say about Elite Dangerous so you know, a lot of people saying it's you know, a, a, a mile wide but an inch deep, or ten miles wide, or whatever. Um, it's a full price game, so what? It's currently going for about forty dollars, forty pounds on Steam, isn't it? Yeah, forty quid. Or or GOG, so it's about six. I think forty pounds, sixty dollars. So it's definitely it's a full price game. But I'm hearing of. Tech issues on the PC. Um, I know Turtle Biscuit was describing its PC port to be almost as bad as Arkham Knight, which is kind of scary. Um, oh, that's sore. I, 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 I wouldn't agree with that, except for the fact that it caused a blue screen when I last fired it up while doing all this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. There, I, I've not had that many issues to be honest, and my PC is is probably a quarter of the power of his. Uh, so why on earth he's having problems? I don't know. And there's loads of streamers out there that are playing it just fine, uh, <clears throat> sixty frames per second uh, plus. 
Uh, 90 frames per second, easy. There were some issues with certain cards that if you tried to play at 60, then um, the card would trip over itself and end up uh, putting out sub 30. But if you put it up to 90, you would get 60 plus frames. Okay, that's Um, good. Yeah. Also, there was a, a slowdown issue where it would try and find... It would... Play as if you had G-Sync. G-Sync is a thing uh, from NVIDIA that uh, plugs into monitors. It's like it's like your V-Sync to prevent tearing and, and frames overlapping and whatnot. Uh, but it's built in and smoother than trying to use V-Sync. So if you have a G-Sync monitor and a G-Sync card, you should have absolutely no uh, issues with frame overlapping and tearing and whatnot. Uh, however, No Man's Sky would try and always find it and try and run it, which would cause massive slowdowns for people, including myself. Uh, now, you, there was a workaround where you went into the files and disabled it, and I got easy 20 frames from that disa- disabling that option alone. Uh, there are a bunch of other things as well that you can do to help. Um, there was... Also, another problem with the Phenom processors, uh, AMD Phenoms. I think I've got a Phenom, uh, although I'm not sure, to be honest. It's one of, it's an 8-core, AMD 8-core, so whether that's a Phenom or not, I'm not sure. Either way, I was having some problems with my processor on it. I am running the experimental build, which has all these um, uh, the, the fixes in it. And they are updating it with more and more fixes. And I'm having very, very few problems at all. So where these people are getting their problems from, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll just add, I can't actually run it. Um, I bought it for my daughter. Um, and I've tried, I've probably spent about, about five or six hours trying all of those fixes. And I can't actually get it to start. I get it to go up to the start Ooh. field with that experimental patch. Um, and then it crashes, and it crashes. So I'm I'm waiting for them to patch it. So I'm one of the people with um, one I, of the one of the AMD GPUs, and it doesn't doesn't like it. Right. What uh, the? If do you remember back on the Elite Beta, there was uh, with the 64-bit be- beta for Horizons, a load of people couldn't start it. It turned out that it was because they were missing a certain, was it C++ Redist yeah, 2010? I, 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 they're all done as well. Yeah, oh, you've I've done that done as well? All the DLLs and everything. Oh, and all, all kinds of running it as an administrator and all. You've all updated covert. all your drivers and all yeah, that. Everything, everything's update, updated. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, you're one of the unfortunates x percent yeah. then <laughs> yeah i mean i was i keep an eye on the steam there's a steam thread through it yeah. there's about 150 pages of people Ooh. i think it, it, it probably is a minority but it's obviously they're going to be very vocal i can't play so they're all kind of raging yeah they <laughs> tend to be the most vocal <laughs> there is nothing more frustrating than waiting with a game on pre-order only to download it and for it not to run um I think I've got it running now. It's doing some weird stuff, but I put that down to the fact that I'm doing too much on this machine. Uh, gosh, you can't get into that building. I've got to destroy the door and I don't have a weapon that will do it. <sighs> so, I mean, I installed it and got stuck in and immediately um, ran around excitedly playing Minecraft in space. Um, 
shooting as much as I could, collecting all the materials, getting that wreck ship that you start off in, um, upgraded and running, and then yeah, thoroughly you know thoroughly enjoyed that, and then I took off. Does everybody and start in a Z ninety five? I don't know. I imagine so because the majority of it is the the fact is that you're you're trying to get around the planet. Now, if you're watching right. the stream, I want you to watch this very carefully because I'm about to take off. Oh, you got a bolly ship. Yeah, I I, I bought I bought this off one of the in-game uh, NPCs. So you can see some things that are marked on the, the the screen. You can see a crash ship. There's an operating system, operating center, and then there's a wee question mark down here. And essentially, as I just kind of pass you know, over this little thing, I want to press E to initiate landing, and that's where a lot of people then lose their enjoyment of this game. Um, when you take off the ship will just hover and even if you aim it at a massive mountain it doesn't yeah. crash into it, it'll just slide up and over and on it goes I mean you can do kinds yeah. of things like rotate and the flight engine is my biggest bugbear about the whole thing so there you go, I've just scanned that particular point um, that you've seen and if I go in here you'll see all my discovered plants and life and things and up at the top here we've got different wetlands so the one that we've just discovered uh, I am going to name that Lave Radio Point as it is one that we detected together <laughs> and discovered at the same time just now um, and I'm going to upload the other ones because I can't be arsed renaming them because all my names get rejected for some reason I wanted to create the butt-off system Right, and I've got a freezing planet there. So B U T T O V. <laughs> so you can see there, I've got Freezer Butov, which is obviously a very cold button uh, planet. This planet below here has been rejected for boil your butt off. Uh, boil your butt off apparently is offensive. So <laughs> who'd have thought? Yeah, that'll that'll be the B U T T. Yes. The, the swear filter is tight. It's not. Is the swear filter as good as? You you've got to be really imaginative to squeak things through. You really do. Well, okay, so you just talk on. I think we can. I think I can show um, the animals and things that I caught on Freezer Butt Off. I think if I go in here, um, we can. Or is it not going to let me? Hold on. Oh, I've got to hold the mouse button. Oh, that's annoying as well. Um, so. You scan with your, your camera all the different creatures. So there, I want everyone to have a look at this. So that's my parrot-headed velociraptor on the stream. Um, we also have a bizarre creature, this one, which is the horned rhino shark. Uh, obviously, I've, I've named these. Uh, the yellow double-winged craw. Uh, I didn't bother naming that one. There was some. Oh, there, that's, that, that that plant is Dobble's anal weed. There's a skip rat, um, a panda seal because it does look like a panda seal, and that's the kind of thing you know. That, that if you like that mini ground bear, that I did name that one as well. Tyrannosaurus eat you. Um, horned Venus cow trap. That's a very particularly bizarre creature, um, which has a strange jaw. And there's another version of it which is unhorned, so I've called that the Venus Cowtrap. Um, the Turtahar, which is a turtle and a hare mix. And this last one is the Boundy Wappa, because of the way it bounces around the place. So, 
what's nice about that is those animals all seem to be a collection of creatures that are kind of it kind of fits uh, in that planet's feel. Um, the planet I'm on just now, I've not found any life, uh, and that's just kind of the way the game is. You know, sometimes the planets will have life, yeah. and sometimes they won't. Yeah, it does tell you that when you land, it give you like flora abundant, and um, uh, was it fauna negligible? <laughs> oh, okay then. <laughs> so I'm going to take us over to this crash ship. So obviously, you know, we're all into Elite Dangerous, and so it's really annoying. Um, oh no, I've just tried to land in the sea. All right, so we're just going to let it try and land in the sea, and you're going to see that it doesn't. <laughs> what it does is it then tells you that the landing area is not clear. This funky, strange, circular icon to the right-hand side of my screen is one of the interesting points that you'll find is these little terminals throughout the game's landing uh, planet that you'll find variously scattered in different areas and monoliths and church, all kinds of bizarre things that you can find and they will teach you uh, one word of a language that will then help <laughs> translate when you're talking to aliens later on you're going to see the words that you've learnt will appear in their text if they happen to be using them um it is one of these games, it, there's, uh, I don't know whether or not you would call it an OCD person's wet dream, because... Or nightmare, I think. Well, yeah, because it literally I've just, ooh, that looked interesting. See, that's the problem. That is the exact problem with this game. I just flew over something pyramidy looking, and instantly I think, ooh, what was that? And then I'll go back and yeah. have a look. And then two hours have passed and I still haven't reached the checkpoint I was aiming for that was only five minutes away. Now that's a sign that it's, it's an interesting game and that it's fun. That awesome to me, frankly. But at the end of the day, what have you done? You've spent ages attempting to scan and, and name all the fauna. Now that's interesting for a maximum of one planet scan to 100%, I think. Um, and then after that, you can't be arsed naming anything. <laughs> you just hit the E button for the money and it becomes a bit of a, a bit of a grind at that stage to get cash to get a better ship. But you don't really know why you need a better ship because there's no real reason to get a better ship. I've been in a space station. Um, it's quite pretty. Again, docking in it is a case of lining up with the slot and then pressing a button. Um, so I'm disappointed not, not personally. Even not even that cow. You just you just fly in front of it and it tractors you in. Yeah, you I'm, disappointed the, <laughs> I'm disappointed with it. I, I, I liken the space travel when you're in the atmosphere, when you're in space and you're heading towards a planet. I liken that to galactic G, zero G pool. Um, and it's kind of like maybe, maybe long-range galactic darts because you point at the planet you want to aim for and then you start flying towards it. Now, guys, if, you, if you've got better experience of this than me, if you start the boost to head over to that planet to cut the waiting time for 16 weeks to maybe two minutes, when you hit that boost, it will just keep going in a straight line until it gets yeah. into range of the planet. Yeah. That's if true. you're not on course... You shoot past the planet until you run out of fuel. Because I'm hammering every key in the keyboard to try and get the thing to stop boosting. I've missed the planet. This is like an ultimate press. This is like an ultimate loop of shame. Yes. It's literally just press S to slow down, and it it pulls you out of the your phase shift or whatever it's called. 
Um, but yeah, it, with your basic phase shift, it does just throw you in a straight line. You can uh, construct a module um, that allows you to maneuver in phase shift, or whatever it's called. Um, oh, so okay. you're able to course correct whilst um, whilst flying like a bat out of hell. Because uh, it's, it's one of these things where you know you, you want to feel because we're obviously we're all huge elite fans and we just want to to fly the ship and crash in our own accord and, and land it as awkwardly as we can as near to the spot that we want to go to. I'm just building a bypass chip so excuse me so that I can access this terminal here and then I'll be able to unlock other interesting things um, and locations. I mean, I've enjoyed the game. Um, I honestly have thoroughly enjoyed it, so it's now going to search for ancient artefacts and it's going to give me a location that I can then see as a waypoint on my map and then I can head over to it. So it's over yeah. there, five minutes away, which is quite close. Yeah, if you're wanting a new ship, a good thing to search for is transmissions and you'll be sent to a transmitter tower where you go in, you do a little puzzle and you get a distress beacon and then you can go find a crashed ship um, at this distress beacon. Yes, I've got. Uh, I've got. A, why is this? That's not working. Let me. Let and me the, learn. The ship that's crashed is tends to be just a bit of an upgrade to what you've got. So you can theoretically get to a top level ship without having to spend a penny. You just go. Um, you just keep visiting these crash sites. Well, yes, I have noticed that you know, and then you can transfer whatever bits and pieces. Obviously, any upgrades you've fitted, you can't transfer over. Um, but no, but you, you can melt them and rebuild. Yeah, and get the raw materials if you've got room. So the key thing in this game is definitely your ship storage and your personal storage because you can. I've upgraded my backpack on the planet a couple of times in order to get extra slots that I can carry. So here, if you look on the left-hand side, the, the the text is coming in. This is the message I'm getting from this particular stone. Past, and then someone recognised dead, and traveller words are words that I've learned in this language, and it's putting them in for me so that over time as I learn more and more of this I'll be able to see the exact insults they're giving me. And then on the right hand side you get your puzzle. A child emerges from this monolith, takes a few moments before he realises that it's me. Oh, I look carefree and innocent. The little one stares up my exosuit and tries to see me through my visor. The child suddenly starts to weep and clings to my knees. It implores me never to leave. It doesn't want to be alone. I should stay here forever. We should be reunited whole again once more. And then I've got my options. Leave, comfort, then leave, or stay. Where shoot uh, him in the face? I don't have a shoot them in the face, but I'm going to comfort him, then I'm going to leave. The child understands. We embrace, it leaves me with a gift. So you get a prize, depending on how you answer, and it can also affect your reputation with the alien race. Although, to what extent that reputation um, will play into the game, uh, time will tell for me, because I've not quite uncovered what I need that for. Uh, that's for um, you know when you meet your pilots at your trade stations or at the space station you know you go to a ship it's um, you, there's a a, uh, a level where to be able to initiate trade and then there's also another level to be able to um, offer ships. to buy the ship yeah okay so it is a pretty game and if you're watching the visuals, uh, I think somebody, my, my son, who has now wanted to play it, um, he was saying that it's not as pretty as it looks in the trailers. 
Um, but you know, I think the default graphic settings are quite low. So if you tweak with them, I'm not going to tweak with anything tonight because I don't want to upset the stream anymore uh, and cause any problems. I'm just going to head to this crash chip and see what it is. But it is a, it's a very interesting game. Now I know that Commander Human uh, has been playing it because he's created a, a parody about it which actually is quite a nice little sum up of it. I don't know if you guys have heard it. I haven't yet. No. I haven't. Why can't we hear it just now? Well, we could hear it just now. I'll just alt and tab out the game. I, I, I'm not. I'm not jinxing things by saying that. Fingers. But I do like what Ben does. Yes, I mean it is. It's a quite an interesting parody of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas uh, and um, uh, a very appropriate song. As I say, I have to put a warning in here because it has got some swearing in it. So do I think we are after the watershed? Yes, we are officially. Ah, um, but where in the world are we after the watershed? Everywhere. Here it is, here it is. What's that? What's that? There's something gone quite wrong. What's that? This plant looks like a dong. What's that? This creature has two heads but has no arms or legs and purrs just like a cat. What's that? What's that? What's that? I haven't got a clue. What's that? This planet's pink and blue. What's that? This world is full of crazy creatures grazing. Some may say it's quite amazing, or perhaps I've just been blazing. What is that? What's that? There's something with eight eyeballs, with carbon it is fed. The sentinels are watching me, I think they want me dead. That fish has got four anuses, I can't believe my eyes. And as I land my ship, I'm sure I'm in for a surprise. Oh fuck, what's this? It's trying to eat my face, it missed. I'm getting off this place, it's fucked. The radiation levels off the chain and all the acid ranges sucks. Fuck this. What's that? What's that? I've scanned another thing. My god, this one has got no skin. But why? The creature surely cannot live for long. I think it's time I'm moving on. I'm gonna try another place. Oh shit, that plan has got a face. This looks so wrong. This looks so wrong. I feel I may be tripping the balls. I'm gone. Oh my, where now? So many ways to go, and there's so much that I don't know. Explore across the galaxy and search for answers to the questions that have always been there in our darkest dreamland. What's that? I've learned the words for ship and tool, but not the word for fucked. These planets full of storms and hazards really kind of suck. I'd like to find a planet where I just can't breathe the air. Instead, my hazard suit is screwed. There's no zinc anywhere. What's that? I found. There's emerald. It's all around. I've never seen so much before. My empty slots inside my suit are filling up. I simply cannot store it up. I'll find it. Oh, I'll scan it all. I'll take it for my own. I've got to find the Atlas Stones and find the secrets of the stars. What is that? Units received? Hmm. It's excellent. Um. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, he, he's is. knocked out the ballpark again, hasn't he? Yeah. That is, that is, you know what, just pack up. That is No Man's Sky. There's nothing <laughs> I can say that can, that he hasn't said already in that song, because that is essentially just No Man's Sky. What's that over there? Yeah, What's and 
and it is ad- addictively, uh, yeah, absolutely addictive as heck to try and just keep looking. I've just done a wee scan there. I'm still heading for this crash ship. So um, the things that are questionable, right, and this is what the PC version here is, save. Right. Why, 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 why do we have saves? I mean, it does seem to be that if you save and then do stuff and then exit the game when you come back in, you can find yourself back at the save point that you've made and lost all the bits and pieces that you've done since. Um, so there's just a couple of things that don't seem to be quite f- make sense to me, uh, and the save game is one of them. And the other thing, which is something I need to investigate and come back with information on, is my son was out in space, he got his warp drive, he warped somewhere, saw the planets, they looked really, really interesting, he got a mission for one of the planets to go and rescue something, and he made his way there, and pirates appeared and shot him out the sky. So he reloaded his save, and he warped back to the same place, and what he noticed was that the space station that was there was now run by a different alien race and the planets look different now that's that was worrying to me because it shouldn't be it should be persistent with procedural generation but there could be wee glitches and things though it's definitely worth looking into because obviously the easiest way to do a game like this is random and it's just basically it's a single player experience with multiplayer bolt-on which is something i said about elite dangerous at the beginning as well and what i mean by that is the experience is up for you what you see spawns in front of you not necessarily anybody else you name that and it becomes yours and when you jump to the next place so on and so forth uh, until such points as there's two of you in the same system and then it will take the information from one and obviously whoever uploads and names them first is theirs so it's quite unknown how that back end is working uh, but as I say it's just <laughs> it's addictive how many hours have you played well I had 15 hours on my starter planet <laughs> that's up. I uh, if I, hang on. Let me just swap over to Steam, and I will tell you accurately uh, how many. Do do do. But yeah, I spent ages on my starter planet. I just kept on going. Twenty three hours I've played so far. Okay, well you're definitely beating me. Sorry, 15 of which on the starter planet, where I learnt 180 words in Corvax. Uh, I pretty much could get the gist of what they were saying when they were talking to me, uh, which allowed me to make the right choice every time. I've jumped to the new system, and it's Gek. So I haven't got a clue what they're saying now. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there, there are um, the acrylic, isn't it? Is it acrylic? Acrylax. Um, or Corvax, isn't it? Corvax. I can't remember Corvax. the name of the species. Um, at the moment, if you're watching the stream, I am literally doing nothing. Don't step in the keyboard, kitten. Um, <laughs> I'm just holding the, you know... Oh, you wee bugger. Uh, just, <laughs> just basically pointing in the right direction that I want to go. I press W to go up to full speed, and I just move the mouse every so often to keep myself on target. And that's not the flight system I was hoping for. But that's the way they do it, which makes it absolutely ideal for gamepads. Yeah, and that's what it was done for primarily, was the PlayStation. Um, And, yeah, it works so well for them. It's brilliant on gamepads. I don't have a gamepad. It works perfectly fine on keyboard and mouse. Uh, My... I 
been playing No Man's Sky with the kids, and I am happy to let them take the reins. Uh, the kids like to sit on me when playing on Elite. I'll have one on the joystick, one on the throttle. and um, uh, But the thing is, though, I've still got hold of both. Because I'm, I'm not willing to let my kids have full control on Elite. On No Man's Sky. Pfft, whatever, kids. Do whatever. Crack on. <laughs> it is, and I say, if you are interested in this, I think, Ben, are you... Any questions from anyone that's uh, watching? Well, or Is there any kind of death penalty? or Can you die? Yes. Yeah. I mean, so you what can. is the death penalty, then? Uh, you drop your stuff. And I think, is it... Uh, let me think now. It's yeah. I things... found it weird how it's meant to be a persistent universe, and yet you have save points, which are, um, yeah, seems weird. It does. Yeah, I Is mean, it... it doesn't seem right. But I think you know these are points where uh, they they all count as discoveries. These waypoints that you save at. So it may well just be the use of language is incorrect, but you know you can load your last save, uh, and that doesn't make sense with the persistent evolving galaxy. You're right, you know that's something that I don't understand the yeah. the kind of thinking behind that because obviously the world moves on. So you then load an old version of the world, or do you? Is it just or a case you? of loading you and your contents which i think is what it is so when you die when you die um, my son he lost his big ship i and lost all of his stuff so any idea why he lost his big ship because he got shot by pirates okay, so <laughs> what do you what do you come back to then right well so this is something you... this is a, a a bit of a mode of contention for him at the minute because he's quite mm-hmm. He's quite frustrated at the game because it's dumped him in a station where he can't get the antimatter in order to create a warp fuel for his warp drive and the planet doesn't have any resources on it that will help him, so he's kind of stranded. Yeah. Has he got the prior blueprints yet before the antimatter? I don't know if he has or not. Right, because there's suspension fluid and there's another one that's a purple ball and you turn... You make the suspension fluid out of carbon, carbon. You add something to that to make the purple ball, and then you do something else with the purple ball to make the antimatter, and then you, of course, you turn that into the warp cell. So you can make warp cells from scratch if you get the blueprints. Yeah, and, and getting blueprints, these are things that you pick up off the NPCs or yeah. uh, by discovering on the planets, which, again, you know, if we're describing it here, it does sound like space Minecraft. It is a bit, yeah, that is one way of doing it. And But it's quite, I mean, I, my wife finds Minecraft therapeutic with mining, you know, that kind of repetitive, nice sort of relaxing noises and stuff. And this kind of has that too, as long as you're not on a radioactive planet. My, my, mining is therapeutic until you hear a creeper. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, with with No Man's Sky though, you're not building anything, so it's not quite uh, to Minecraft. What you are building, you are keeping on your person or on your ship, and so you're using that, it. Isn't that what I thought you could build bases and stuff? No, that? no, that's something they're looking at adding ah, in at a later right. date. Okay, along with multiplayer, I think. You know this whole kerfuffle about people going, oh, Sean Murray, he lied to us. I think actually, no, he was saying what they wanted to do, but they've had to make cuttings to be able to get it out. Yeah, because um, there was now. There was, there so was it was just taking so long. There was a kerfuffle, I think, in Rock 
paper shotgun or Euro gamer where people are peeling off the sticker on the back of the um, PS4 box yeah. and it actually does say multiplayer. Yeah, those were been put over it. Those were made early and I think they were based on old f- information where they originally intended to have multiplayer and of course it had to be cut. Uh, so it's like playing in so solo play in elite instead of elite uh, open play. Um, and those boxes, at least the design on the box was done back when it was meant to be multiplayer. And either yeah. they didn't update the design or the the box made the boxes were made before uh, yeah, the multiplayer was something. Yeah. 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 So they just corrected a printing error, essentially. And there's a big hurrah about it. It's just, it's just video game conspiracies are stupid. Sorry, I'm uh, just going to put that <laughs> out there. Is what? It's just, just one of those things, though. I mean, any game that comes out with the hype is always either going to hit uh, and people will be excited about it or not. I mean, if you look at the kerfuffle with Grand Theft Auto Online, um, yeah. it did not have a smooth release at all, and yet it's now. An, an amazing multiplayer experience other than hackers um it's really and even really that's good. gone down grant actually on the pc you know i think <laughs> hacking on the pc in the past three four months has taken a big hit apparently but you know we, we look at this game and we say what can elite learn from this um the procedural generation of the plants and the variation and animal designs uh, at the current minute, seems a bit strange. A Tyrannosaurus Rex body with a parrot head doesn't sit well with me. But <laughs> hang know. on, have have you seen some of the dinosaurs they've actually dug up? There are dinosaur skeletons, bipedal, long tail, short arms, and a parrot beak on on the front. Okay, those still, are legit dinosaurs. It still strikes me as unusual. You know, it's like you know a dog with a giraffe's neck. You look at it going. Right, but they move quite nice, and and they you know they interact in the in the environment. So I think Frontier and their Zoo Tycoon technology um, could be spectacular when we get to Living Planets. And the thing I think is missing in No Man's Sky at the minute, because I've not had a good exploration, is have we got any massively populated planets with cityscapes and people moving around? Not that I know of, no. That's no, there isn't. Sorely missing. I know. I read an article about someone who's complaining that the game made him feel um, not complaining, but having an overwhelming sense of being alone, <laughs> and actually getting to the point where it was manifesting in his everyday life, uh, and he's decided what? to take a wee holiday from it because he just felt so. On Is his that own. how many days? Like three? Well, yeah. It's, well, it's, only, it's not even a week. Yeah. Well, the thing is, from what I gather with No Man's Sky, um, again, no spoilers on the story because I'm like right at the beginning of the apparently main storyline. I'm not even sure if it is the main storyline, but this whole Atlas thing, um, you're apparently created. So you might be human-like, you might not be. Either way, you've you've got arms and legs. How many you have, I don't know. So what, you can't yes. actually see your, your commander? No. No, you don't. 
that was mm. that was alluded to in the the only way you would see what you look like would be to meet up with another commander and or another player, sorry. Don't and uh, look at each other and get a description of, from each other. And you could actually look differently, you think? Well, it says in in one of the early bits of the storyline you get sent on, it says that the Atlas created you for for a mission. And it's like, uh, okay, so what am I? What do I look like? I mean, obviously I was a child at some point because, I mean, that you had a cow that, uh, at the monolith where the child appears. But yes, yes. a human child? Or what? So there's obviously more than one of you if there was a child of you. Yeah. No, these are the, the, I suppose, the questions that the game will answer in its lore. That's my that's the zinc, the zinc. Oh, I need some zinc. That powers up my hazsuit. Oh, dear. Get the as we learn from Human Song. Yes. So I'm at the crash site now. Um, if I can figure out where it is, it's over this hill. You have got a jetpack on, which doesn't last very long, so. Don't use it to, no. cr- to cross large journeys. This ship looks very much like mine, but with a slightly nicer cockpit. Slightly less um, child Lego. And if I come up to the ship and interact <laughs> with it, it will then show me um, that it's got 19 slots, so I can compare that ship to mine. I've got 18 short slots, so it's got one more slot, and it's probably slightly better deflector shields and things. But you can see that um, its pulse engine is damaged, and it needs uh, two carite sheets. Um, it needs uh, hyperdrives buggered as well. It needs a dynamic resonator. Yeah. I don't think I've got one of them. Um, they tend to be at uh, the space stations. Yeah, and I got a phase beam requires some titanium as well. So you can see yeah. what needs to be done in that ship, and then I can run around, get all those bits and pieces, and start repairing the ship, and then take it. And then fly, or I can just you know rip out things for the information from the debris. Um, okay, so take this back to Elite for a second, Grant. You know how we've got all these wrecked spaceships and things like that that you can see in Elite Dangerous. Yep. Would you like to say be able to repair a found Diamondback or something like that? You know, would you like Elite to do any of these things that you're doing at the moment? Yeah, I think you know if no, you know what the problem is. It's the interfacing. I find that the the player interface in this game is very clunky with mouse and keyboard. Uh, so I think on the game pads it might compensate for that. Um, when it yeah. comes to repairing wrecked ships in Elite Dangerous, I think that would be excellent. But it would need to be a more meaningful interface. Um, because in here this is, is... everything is point, click and press E. Um Whereas in Elite Dangerous, you expect it to be a bit more having the right equipment. You'd expect it to, you know, you have your ship, you've got to bring the robotic arms in within range, and then they'll set about doing whatever repairs and things on a unit. Then that would make sense. I mean, think about it, isn't, you know, they base in Dark Wheel, first thing they go off and do to get their Cobra is they find a wrecked Cobra and repair it. Right. And I'm then obviously go- you go for the whole upgrade process. I'm not going to do any more alien interactive. I'm going to head into space because you can see there's three planets that I can see here. So I'm just going to boost, boost, boost. Well, I'm not boosting at all. I'm just holding in the, the 
the W key and pointing yeah. at the star, pointing at the Look, clouds. Um, here we go. Cow, cow. Yeah. If you hold W and press Shift as well, you get a a boost. There we go. You go faster. Right. So we're now That's in just space. Just a very quick summary because we're going to have to wrap this topic up. What other are there any other things from No Man's Sky that you'd like? Frontier to take into Elite Dangerous. Well, if um, if their planet side stuff is anything like No Man's Sky, and of course up to the same fidelity as the rest of Elite Dangerous, I'm going to spend months <laughs> roving around on a single world. It took me 15 hours to get off the first planet on No Man's Sky. I'm I'm going to be on on. Uh, my bookmark worlds for months. I can see that. <laughs> it is. You're right. I mean, the SRV uh, would be a welcome addition to No Man's Sky, actually. Um, yes. And yeah, you would. You'd spend ages just sort of trying to find those beautiful shots. I'm going to run out of fuel before I get there. Never mind. I think I've got stuff on me. Um, I'm trying to get to another planet so you can see planetary entry is quite nice, but Star Citizen's planetary entry, entry is lovely too. Oh, that's Freezer Butter from Hidden Towards. Um, and we can have a look at this, the planetary map in this as well, which is very much like Elite. I'm trying to show you too much actually. So, again, you know, there's Unplesitonia, which is the region that I've discovered. It's got five planets, um, and we can look around the sort of other stars. Um, and it looks like the zoom out key is up at the top, is it? Q and E. You're yeah, very yeah, lucky yeah, with those sure. asteroids just dodging them. Well, that's one of the other, con you know. It's, it's again, I say there's a couple of contentions um, where you do feel, oh, I've not got any thamium. Ten-minute uh, flight to this planet. We'll leave it running anyway. Um, it's just one of these things where there's just those little things that you don't like. So when you're in a boost mode, yeah, you can fly through the asteroids and they don't hit you when you're in the sort of oh, this they mode. Do. They do. Oh, I've gone crashing through them. I smash them apart. I have my shields take damage. And then I absorb the thamium out the asteroids. Yep, that's just what it did to me there. Uh, or you can just shoot your way through them. Yeah. So well, I think everything we is move away. Yeah. yeah, everything is kind of destructible in the world. It does seem to be very, very nice, which is great. Um, but as you know, it's going to take me an hour and thirty-four minutes. Oh god, no stuff that man. It's like fighting Well, the asteroid. Most of the asteroids in space are thamium, so you should be able to get some. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, a very good point. Except for my inventory's full. That's nickel. What? Right, Ben. I think we should. We should. We should I, get on. I think we should yeah. move on, and because we've got another thing that you went to something really awesome at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Yes. But why don't you tell talk to us a wee bit about that? Right. Well, of course. Last well, two weeks ago, we were talking about Mercy and the Wild Sea with Richard Price, the producer of the show uh, and one of the guitarists, and he had got an awful lot of game footage put together to sort of work with this project that he took to the fringe. 
So we took the epic journey from Glasgow to Edinburgh, which takes what about forty-five minutes, and managed to stretch it out to a cool three hours. Uh, our taxi driver, uh, I can quote, he was amazing. Uh, he, he arrived because he was behind us in the traffic, so it took him half an hour to come and get us, and we had about twenty minutes to do a half an hour journey from where we were to the venue. And he just kind of had these wonderful attitudes of, right, well, I'm not a bus, but and off he goes down the bus lane. Uh, I shouldn't go this way, but and off we went. And he got us there with two minutes to spare. So we appreciate that for the... the and we have to apologise to Richard Price for being the last people in, because we all arrived there busting for a pee, and then held up the performance by another couple of minutes. We went in. It was a rather sort of small uh, venue. It's inside a church, and there was a sort of you know, interesting sort of planked or stage seating which was nice and they were there you know the the band was there on stage with a big projector screen behind them and yeah they just started the the music and played along and an actor came on dressed like obi-wan kenobi uh, which is a fair thing to say by the way is because i think uh, we had galactic been with us and my brother and my sister and her fiance and we all went through just to try and see what it would be like and you know the music starts and it was just really awesome um i i think i'm trying to think which is it this one i've got some of the music because i picked up the tunes it's available on itunes you can buy it directly from their site m a t w s dot com and yes, it was in St Augustine's Church on George the Fourth Bridge, which it was. It was a really nice venue, but yeah, I was really impressed. And the singer, um, she is super talented. Here's a wee tune. I don't know if that's going to come through too loud, but we'll we'll tune it down and have it playing in the background while I do this. But um, really, kind of rock opera music. Uh, the visuals worked very well. I loved their use of the bypass cam. Uh, the debug cam and having ships coming in uh, pirating in, in these combat scenes and flying straight past the camera and occasionally clipping the camera ship sending the camera footage spinning it was just brilliant to see and then we have live action which tells the sort of story we have the uh, Federation Council uh, not particularly portrayed maybe terribly accurate to canon but it was fine for the story and the gentleman on stage who has to be commended on his ability to fit his dialogue into a preset video without any or too many issues like you know finishing your line too early and then having a five to ten minute wait for the backing track to catch up with you he managed an exceptional job at keeping it right and keeping it flowing and yeah the story is one of love betrayal and the uh, federation what, what could be better? And uh, today they have... Uh, this is a great song. They, they have released a YouTube video of that backing video with the full album so you can actually watch the footage that we saw but minus the particular actor in the foreground but you'll be able to hear his dialogue because it is in that particular video as well. So... Um, yeah, definitely go and check it out. And what we really, really, really do want to hope, I'll put, we'll put the link up in the show notes. What I really hope is that they do take us up on our various offers of touring it maybe to a couple of our conventions um, to to share it with us in, in a sort of a real good audience for them. Um, because I think that would be, you know, spectacular.
it, just listening to it there, it sounds incredible. I'm very impressed with with the voice and it did did the music match really well to the video. Um, yes, I mean it was. It's kind of like if you think of you know the War of the Worlds where the audio and the sort of narrator comes in. So the narrator was actually the actor on the stage right in front of us. Um, and he would then sort of interact and act with the back guard. So you maybe have the f sort of Federation Council saying, you've requested an audience with us, and then he'll go, it's a bow, and he would just carry it on this beautiful sort of voice, and then the story would basically be shown as his memories and flashbacks of his account, um, including using game footage for the combat for a beautiful point at the end when he, when one of the characters is returning to Earth, and they used the sort of frame shift drive of, or the frame, sorry, super cruise footage of uh, a ship coming back through Sol from the outer edges. So you had a little bit as it passes past Jupiter, goes through the asteroid field. And they used it really creatively um, to kind of tell their story. So it was really quite good. I think I'm not entirely certain that it would translate to a non elite background but the story should really you know and the music's very good and that's what my brother-in-law who's a non-eliter he was kind of like i really enjoyed the music it was you know can i get the album so that's a positive thing whereas my sister just kind of sat bemused like you know what was that about <laughs> so but that's you know again my sister's not into science fiction so it's one of those things that you would expect her to struggle with that uh, topic um, but it was spectacular, um, and I have to say, you know, Mr. Price, it was a, a huge success, and we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. And then at the end of the show, I had to nip off quick because basically we'd been so um, long travelling in um, that um, it just meant that we had to rush to get back to looking after Susie and such. So we rushed to grab some food for the first point in hours, and then headed off. But yeah, I would recommend it if we get an opportunity to show it or if you want to listen to the, the, the actual soundtrack. If you pick up the soundtrack, it has the full audio from the show so that you can actually uh, listen to the whole story um, play out over those two tracks or once you're finished with that, you can then listen to the individual tracks and find your favourites. I like Symphony and You and The Time to Steal, I think, is a cracker as well. So yeah, enjoy them. They're brilliant. So how well has it been taken by reviews at the Fringe then? I don't no know idea. if it was a small, it's a small venue, so there is every possibility that it may not even make it to a kind of, that kind of review level. I'm not sure how well he pushed it uh, in that marketplace, um, but from a point of view from elite fans and stuff, um, we loved it. You know, again, you're always looking around the room, so I went and make sure I was wearing my Hutton Truckers t-shirt in case there was any <laughs> <laughs> anyone there. Cause no, you I can just imagine everybody shouting mug. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. see, that's the problem, though, isn't it? I mean, if it was at a convention, we would be in it and just totally, utterly accepting it as an event and not worrying about anything, you know, you wouldn't have to convince us one thing. We would be lapping up the story 100%. There would be no limitation to our interaction, and we would give him the sort of um, reaction that he deserves because it's an amazing piece of work. And um, I think on the general public, 
the gameplay footage might have left them slightly disconnected. I don't know for sure, but um, it's one of those things. It is uh, the fringe, obviously, is for all kinds of different acts, and you've got your amateur dramatics. You've got your um, no, it did work. Thanks for that. That uh, S key works brightly. Stop me flying right past this planet. Um, it's got amateur level stuff. You've got semi sort of professionals. You've got people that are thoroughly, you know, they're they're trying to get a name for themselves and so on and so forth. Um, so it's a a real mixed bag of people being promoted. You know, they're they're actively being told go to the fringe. We're gonna give you a, a big venue, we're going to promote it terribly, you're going to put you up for this award and that award and they'll fight for it and then you've got people that are just wanting to share a passion and I think that Mr Price finish, you know, fits into that kind of I wanted to do this musical and, and I wanted to write these songs and I wanted to bring a live band experience um, to the fringe and that's exactly what he did and I for one thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, yeah it's a shame if you've missed it as I say we'll try and see if we can convince them to come to the likes of Lavecon or, or Elite Meets and find out what the sort of logistics of that would be that'd be awesome right, well, I, th- I yeah I totally agree I think we probably see about wrapping up this train wreck so choo choo <laughs> <laughs> right Marshall would you like yeah. to tell us where we can find you, and if there's anything you're wanting to pimp before we sign off. Um, the Paladins Consortium uh, webpage, um, the quickest way place to find us is on Anara under Wings. Um, we're the second largest wing now on Anara. We've got over 650 pilots. So, yeah, come and say hello. Um, we've got a Discord server. But if you pop onto Anara, that's got all our details. So, yeah, please come on by. And what about yourself, Mr. Max? Uh, well, I am on Twitter with at Max Ursa, M, sorry, Mike, Alpha, <laughs> X-Ray, Uniform, Romeo, Sierra, Alpha. And uh, also occasionally do a bit of writing onto a little blog, uh, Max Ursa's Mutterings. Um, just Google that, I suppose. And um, yeah, and... If anyone can think of anything uh, elite related or whatever that you might like to see a bit of writing on, uh, throw me the idea and I'll see what I can do. Right, and so we've also got one other piece of news that we need to mention that Commander Infernal Jawar of the Order of the Shadow is making a screenshot competition called The Grand System Hunt. The reason behind the competition is that apparently the religious leader of the Order, Tap Herdo, had a vision from God, whom the members and followers of the Order of the Shadow referred to as the Void Walker, or Walker of the Void, as he's sometimes referred. The basic details of the vision has instructed Tap Herdo to have Commander Infernal Jawar announce the Grand System Hunt and provide a bounty for three different systems. Each system must contain an Earth-like world, a water world, and a world that contains an icy ring in it for future expansion and colonization. Um, the and for colonization by the Order of the Shadow and their and two of their allies. Who the allies are has not been officially announced yet, 
and for full rules and details, the ground system hunt can be found on the Frontier forums, and we'll obviously include a link to that in the show notes. Now, as I understand it, he's got some prize packs that he's giving away, uh, some ship skins for the winners, and if I remember correctly, if I don't think it says in the blurb he sent me, he's wanting the system is to be somewhere near Jack's. And you know, apparently, the closer to Jacks you are, the better. Obviously, you need stuff to be to have all these the three things in it. But Hang we'll on. obviously include. Yeah. Sorry. What worlds was it? He's wanting a. I've got to find it again now. So each the system has to contain a Earth-like world, a water world, and a world with an icy ring in it. So all three of them have to be in the system. God damn it. I've found one. I found two or three that match that criteria, uh, all en route to Jack's. And God knows if, if uh, hopefully it's one of my bookmark ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's close to Jack's, then that sounds like potential. And mm. yeah, I, I'm just jumping onto, his, onto the linkages that he sent. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are ship skins and things like that you can get. Uh, prizes, here we go. Each each winner will be gifted the Ass Barrowhead paint job and two paint jobs, paint packs of the commander's choice. Ooh, I don't have that so, one. Yeah, that's not too shabby a little prize pack that the guys are giving there. And we'll obviously include all details that in the show notes, or you can just do a look in the, on the forums for the Order of the Shadows Grand System Hunt, and that'll find find it there. So I believe that is it for this evening. So... Well, it is, but, but, oh. but, Uh-oh. but, there's still a little something. Um, if you listen to Hutton Orbital Radio News live on the Thursday at 8.30 uh, GMT, BST, uh, STMP, uh, STD, no, it's not STD. Um, <laughs> That's something else, Grant. Yeah, it's BST. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash if we're not on our radio station at huntandorbital.com. We have had a wonderful volunteer from the community step up to do fantastic Galnet news summaries, and they are amazing. Now, the reason I'm saying that is at the end, after the exit music tonight, I will be playing out last week's broadcast by the amazing Commander Witherspoon so don't particularly rush off have a listen and it will be tagged on to the end of the podcast as well so you can tune into that, it's definitely worth sticking around with because he has done an amazing job on them Sorry Grant, was that Commander with a spoon? Commander Witherspoon as in I really fancy a pint but I don't like paying through the arse for ah, let's go to Witherspoon's Oh, gotcha. I fancy a really nice cooked breakfast. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. It's oh, a bit early in the morning to go to Wetherspoons for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's good price and all. I think the well, problem anyway. is that Ben was mistaking it for oh, there's a yogurt. I'll go and eat it with a spoon. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is not the case. It's with a spoon, and I've got it like queued up and ready to go after our show tonight. So stick around for that, guys, and then you can go to your beds. Promise. All right, well, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us on info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash laveradio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. 
You can join the chat channel by going to tinyurl.com slash laveradio. And we're also on TeamSpeak, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Nope. That's, nope. Not, that's not nope. it anymore, is it? No, it's, it's teamspeak.com. Yeah. We, we really do need to change that template, Grant. Yes, um, you, yes you do. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Did you say that last week? We say that every week and nobody ever changes it. Lave <laughs> <laughs> Radio is recorded live every Tuesday evening, can't you tell, at 20.30 British time and streamed out on http.com slash slash, why am I saying that, laveradio.com slash live. Thank you very much to Grant, to Gareth and to Andre. And thank you to very much to everyone else who's been joining us in Twitch and on IRC. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 16th of August, 3302. All the interesting news from Galnet, with the powerplay bits left out. In this week's news, Salome condemned by the Empire. Clues to the Formidine Rift mystery revealed. Writing the history books today. Winters warns against the Battle of the Barnacles. The mystery of the corporations that didn't make money. The thing about Thargoids. Salome condemned by the Empire. An article published by the Imperial Citizen claims that Commander Salome, 
one of the commanders that met at Beagle Point during the Distant Worlds expedition, is none other than Senator Kehina Loren, who is claimed to be responsible for the summary execution of many thousands of citizens of her homeworld, Chion, in the prison system. Loren inherited the title of Senator after her family was put to death during a rebellion in 3300. She has been missing since July 3301. Since then, it is believed that using the pseudonym Salome, she may have been searching for the Formidine Rift and working with a secretive organization known as the Children of Raxla to uncover the mysteries of the galaxy. Clues to the Formidine Rift Mystery Revealed Veteran Commander Rebecca Tiley, who was buried in the Tienesla Orbital Graveyard in May this year, and who's believed to have been the instigator of Salome's search for the Formidine Rift, may have left clues to its whereabouts in a coded message sent from her mausoleum ship. The ship, an antique Cobra Mark III, is named Cormium et Animam, which translates as My Heart and Soul. The coded message, the sequence of letters E-A-F-O-T-S, repeated continuously, seems to be a reference to the starfield of that name, a starfield in which the Heart and Soul Nebulae reside. The area identified is more than one billion cubic light years, so it'll still take more than a bit of luck to find the Formidine Rift. Writing the history books today. Double glazing and conservatory enthusiast Drew Wagar this week indicated that he intends to work with the Tunisla Historical Society to write a modern history of the galaxy. The oddly named book, Premonition, will detail events that are yet to happen. It is expected to be published around the middle of next year. Winters warns against the Battle of the Barnacles. Federation Shadow President Felicia Winters has added her voice to the growing chorus of opposition to the escalating tension around meta-alloy harvest sites in the Pleiades Nebula. Speaking at a rally on Sol 4, she stressed that a war between the highly capable navies of Federation and Empire could cause devastation to the people of the galaxy. She spoke in a week when President Hudson announced the construction of three new Farragut battlecruisers, and in which a major skirmish has broken out between Federation and Empire for the barnacle-rich system of IHV C216. Prime Minister Mahan of the Alliance and ex-President Jasmina Halsley of the Federation have both recently spoken up against the folly of war and about the need to treat barnacle sites with respect. Mystery of the corporations that didn't make money. Why are the largest corporations in the galaxy seemingly unwilling to make easy money? The Galactic Financial Times reported this week that some well-known corporations are failing to capitalise on their existing product lines, instead pouring vast amounts of money into research and development. 
the Sirius Corporation, which has a near monopoly on power generators, Core Dynamics, who manufacture Farragut battlecruisers for the Federation, and Gutemaya, the creator of the Majestic Class Interdictor, were all mentioned in the report. The Galactic Financial Times was unable to find a reason for this unusual behaviour, but it noted that with stocks at a low ebb, it might be a good time to invest. It also noted that a small startup company, MetaDrive Incorporated, of the Chi Orionis system, is attracting attention from investors. It is believed that MetaDrive is researching radical new hyperdrive solutions, although the details are being kept secret. With a major technology fair later this week in the city of Cologne, on Earth, in the Sol system, it's possible that news of this radical new technology may be just around the corner. The thing about Thargoids. As part of a continuing series of articles in Galnet, historian Sima Kalhana wrote this week about Thargoids. These insectoid creatures with two legs, four arms, and triangular heads with mandibles are nowadays widely believed to have been mythical. But in the 32nd century, they were believed to be real enough. In that century, there were many reports of pilots being pulled out of witch space by octagonal starships of unbelievable firepower and maneuverability. There were many more reports of pilots disappearing because they didn't run away quickly enough. There's no direct evidence that these octagonal spaceships were piloted by aliens. Nonetheless, rumours abounded that the Thargoids, for so they were named, were fighting back against human aggression. The stories had it that the Thargoids came from an ammonia planet near Polaris and that they organised themselves in hives like ants. This rumour may have started because they were supposed to look like insects. Polaris remains permit-locked today, which shows that someone high up believes, or believed, in the myth. Around the year 3200, the reports of Thargoid attacks stopped. Once again, there were rumours to explain this. An unsubstantiated anonymous account states that the Federation and Empire, working in cooperation, developed a mycoid virus that could attack and destroy Thargoid hyperspace drives and that this virus was somehow used to cripple the Thargoid fleet. There haven't been any credible reports of Thargoids for at least a hundred years. Whether these strange insect-like creatures ever existed is anyone's guess. At any rate, we can all be confident that they're not something we need to be worried about now. And that's this week's Galnet News. We read the news because who wants to read a wall of text. <laughs>